Hello and welcome to season two, episode four of the Starving Artist podcast with me, Daniel Crespin, and my very good friend, Ella Mitchell. How did we meet, Ella? So we met at Lambda where in 2013 we started. Was it 13? Yeah, 2013. Um, and that was, yeah, in the first year before my rapid exit in the second term <laughs> rapid decline <laughs> before my absolute spiral into into disaster zone stage fright and eventual depart yeah yeah talk to me through because I, d- I didn't we didn't we'll get on to this later but we didn't actually know each other that well at drama school no we didn't we actually became friends i think when you left that's yes. really when that we is friends. when we became very close very quickly yes we did we were in battle st- well i was in battle stations and you were like it'll be all right <laughs> it'll be all right you don't have to go back you know <laughs> i did it and look at me <laughs> look at me living the life um so what happened for you when you because you did the foundation first right mm-hmm. yeah and the foundation went okay the foundation was brilliant i loved the foundation i had a really good time i came out which was not a shock to anyone <laughs> but i was in staunch denial for a long time um and um i on the foundation it was it was quite stressful because it was great and brilliant and wonderful until people started auditioning mm. and then it became a bit of a competition yeah kind of but it didn't really i don't know it's just really because the whole thing was it was almost like you were auditioning for the whole time you were there because you were working with the tutors that you were you know if any luck going to be working with if you got onto the into onto the BA but um I had some fond memories I made some really good friends one of which I am still really good friends with who's Abby Doitall shout out to Abby I just need to getting married Nick that's yeah. a great Abby Doitall Abby Doitall that is the best name I've ever heard it's good isn't it shout out to Abby Doitall Abby Doitall th- you're welcome I'm, as a I'm pretty sure I'm Abby pronouncing Doitall. it right I've known her for years so I should <laughs> I should by now be able to pronounce it right but um yeah it's uh it, it was a it was, it was an interesting time I I ended up getting put on the waiting list for Lambda hmm. um sorry just having a drink there blah blah um and then I got in, I think, on the very last day of the cutoff, where they finito. And I remember just getting coming to terms with the fact that I was going to have to take another year out because at that point I had got to. I did the the grueling rounds of RADA, which were you know like the four the rounds. Four rounds. Yes, Mental. I was fortunate enough to have my ego massaged enough to get to the final round. <laughs> And I then got to two, you beat me. Well, <laughs> hey, um, and then to be, you know, pipped at the post, and so that that one went down the drain. And then I was kind of relying on on uh, on 
getting into Lambda and then it was the very last day and I remember waking up at about 11 o'clock going well guess I'm gonna get a job and do something else and whatever and audition again next year and I got a phone call and I lost the plot and my mum cried and little did I know that it was gonna be a complete disaster for me. So the ch- were you, the change between when you started the the three year because as you say it was quite you know start a second term was where it kind of got too mm. much for you were you experiencing while you were on the foundation course difficulties with your mental health or was it was it really when you started the BA that things I don't know I think I had I was I think I had a lot of anxiety when I was like I remember I found singing in front of people which I still find incredibly awful and terrifying um but I was you know I'd get up and I could go and do it and then I don't know what it was I think I think it was the pressure of like when you spend nearly your whole life thinking you want something or like wanting something and then you and then you get it and it's not what you expected or like you I think I put a lot of pressure on myself to be the best or whatever mm. that means you know because there is no such thing as the best in, in acting subjective art form. exactly like well who's the best like yeah. who's the best actor in the world who knows like apart from well, i don't know meryl streep she's pretty good she's like pretty good. Pretty good. but i think i had i put so much pressure on myself that i just couldn't i felt like every single time i'd go up and do anything i it was bad and so i just couldn't do it i just couldn't go on stage because i was like i'm a failure mm. i couldn't i just couldn't go up and do it it's kind of a recipe for hopelessness isn't it when you i think i think that thing of getting something that you thought was going to fix you and then it not being not making you happy Mm. in whatever field you're in and at whatever level i can't imagine the the feeling of oh fuck well what do i do now then by the way i remember very clearly um, you singing an a cappella version of a Fleet Foxes song. Wow. That one. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the song from, from their one phenomenal album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was beautiful. Well, so. thank you very much. And here we are. And here we and are. And here's Elementary with, with a rendition. rendition of Fleet Foxes. <laughs> Fleet Foxes. <laughs> and here they are. Fleet, Fleet Foxes. Foxes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, talk me through that first term and kind of the descent will be the name of your fit the first chapter of your film <laughs> the descent <laughs> the descent ella mitchell in mitchell the descent the descent so i um i actually can't remember a lot of it because i Trauma. <laughs> because i don't want to access that part no um because i was so exhausted all the time because i wasn't sleeping because i had i was suffering with really terrible intrusive thoughts ocd like mm-hmm. to the point where like i couldn't i couldn't sleep and i was i remember having a meeting with um i think the head of our year um a few times before i eventually left being like you are falling asleep in lessons like what is going on Mm. like i'd get i'd get into school and i would just like fall asleep in the lessons anytime we would sit down i just would fall asleep and then anytime i had to go up i was so wired and just have a panic attack and leave and then it was just like a, a, a cycle of not being able to do anything so i only really 
I can't really, yeah, I, I can't remember like, any of our lessons, really. I just remember dreading going, one, going in, but then also going home because I knew that the minute I'd get into bed and try to sleep, I then I would just be awake with intrusive thoughts all night. Yeah. And then I'd, and when you're, when the contact hours are so intense and you're there five, some, you know, did we go in on Saturdays sometimes? We did a lot. God, yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, you know, you can't really, well, you know, you can't, you can sleep yeah. for how long? <laughs> I mean, our stories mirror each other quite yeah. interestingly, which we'll get onto later. But yeah, it is that level of sleeplessness generally turns you a bit insane but when you have this high pressure environment and it's so physical and so emotionally challenging mm. it's it's just not sustainable so it's kind of a blur yeah then, that complete term. complete yeah. mystery yeah wasn't really sure but the final day and talk to me through because i remember my final day and the kind of having the decision taken away from me very vividly mm how did that come about for you so i had various meetings with various tutors saying are you sure do you want to defer and i was like no no i'm fine i'll push through it's yeah. fine next week would be different <laughs> <laughs> next week will be another day and uh and then next week would come and go and i'd be in exactly the same place and then i eventually got taken i remember we were doing clown lesson and I really liked Clown, actually. Mm, I, Michael Brown. Michael Brown. What a beautiful human being he was. Yes, he Lovely was man. a very, very, very good teacher. Um, I don't know. I I don't know anything about him other than when he, I was there. He went to um, be the head of Clown at some big American university. I think. Well, there we go. And yeah, good on him. He's doing all right. Um, so we were doing Clown. And I got taken out of the Clown lesson, and I I had a meeting with the head of the school. The head of acting and the head of our year and I was like what could this possibly be about and they said to me they were like look you can't really go on stage you can't really engage in any of the lessons so we feel like it's probably best if you leave <laughs> and I was like okay I guess so and they were like you know and then they were like, I was like, okay, well, I guess, uh, all right, I'll go back to my lesson. And they were like, no, 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 you leave now. Wow. And I looked thingy in the eye and I was like, what, right, right, right now. And they were like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And they were like, do you want to say goodbye? And I kind of didn't really want to say goodbye. One, because I didn't want any, like, attention. Yeah. And I was, you know, oh, poor me. Just, just, just such it's a struggle. Over. It's over. You know, so oh, I kind of like popped traumatic. my head in to get my jumper or something. And yeah, I popped in to get my jumper and like, and think someone said goodbye to me and I left and I had to, I like I think I said to you earlier, I, I don't even think I got my stuff, my very expensive makeup kit from my locker. It's still there. <laughs> it's still there. <laughs> it's on there in the depths of Lambda. It's probably like behind the toilet or something. I don't know. But I think I definitely left that behind. And I just walked out the front door and I walked all the way to central London in a bit of a a bit of a daze and and then I and then I it kind was of that, was that sorry to interrupt no, 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 sorry. was there any was there any kind of talk of of so you need to go away and get yourself better and then you can come back was mm -hmm. there kind of a future yes thing? yeah they were like the option is there you know if you want to come back you can defer and come back next year and I was like okay uh, uh. And um, and I, I went, I went, uh, yeah, I walked to London, and then I 
can't remember what I did. And then I went home. And then from then I had a really big, big episode. Mm. And I ended up being slightly agoraphobic for about two months. And I didn't eat anything. I didn't leave the house. I watched a lot of TV. Yeah. <laughs> I watched a lot of... Did you focus on it? Yeah, kind of. I would be like, yeah. I'd sit on the sofa and I'd watch a lot of TV. And... um. A lot of quite stressful TV. I've watched Breaking Bad. Wow. I watched uh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Chernobyl wasn't out, but if Chernob- it had been, I'd have been <laughs> I would have watched getting it. all the good good vibes going. Just, yeah, really. You know, my mum's like, are you sure you want to sure watch you don't this? want to watch like Archer or something? <laughs> yeah, no, like, fine, I'll go watch Dragon Ball Z for a bit yeah. and then I'll go back. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and then I can't. And then all of a sudden... Like, and my mum was, my parents were like, you know, but people, like, I, it was like kind of being, like, I had, like, visitors, mm. <laughs> you know, people would come to the house and, and visit me, because I would kind of refuse to go anywhere else, and actually some people from the year above were really brilliant and really mm. got me through a really hard times, so big shout out to Macy Nyman and Adeline Webby, mm. they really helped me in a time Macy helped me too so thank you well she tried bless her I was <laughs> quite difficult <laughs> yeah well I think same um, but um, where was I um, had visitors and then yeah I didn't I I kind of just lost the plot and I had some really really bad moments and um, and then I remember one day I a lot of my friends were going to see the garden party and I just turned around to my mum after not having left the house, really, apart from to go to therapy for two months. And I was like, I'm going to buy a few gun party ticket and I'm going to go. And she literally lost it. And was like, oh, my God. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I, I'll drive you. <laughs> and I was yes. like, okay, great. That's brilliant. Okay. And I went. And then from there, I just kind of, like, sorted it out. And I got got some work. I got a job. And then I remember I got a job in a bar. And then I got a job in a cafe. You know, like the classic. Mm-hmm. And then by some happenstance, I got an agent. I remember getting my, but I remember getting my first professional job at the Lyric, which was in Hammersmith when mm-hmm. you lot were in your third. Well, you had I left. Wasn't. <laughs> Dan wasn't there, but everybody else was there. Mm. I think they're only we're the only two dropouts from our year. We are, I believe. All right, yeah. All right. and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, only two that year. What, yeah, what result? I know. <laughs> um, and. Uh, at the Lyric, but it was quite... I mean, I was obviously delighted because it was an amazing production. Uh, it was Simon Stevens. It Herons, was Herons. It? Um, and it was a brilliant part. Quite bonkers production, flooded stage and everything. But um, I remember... Because I, ha- I didn't... I had very big stress. Very big stress about going into Hammersmith because mm. it was very not a nice place in my brain yeah and i was like of course of course of course the job that i get is the bloody habits i still can't go back there well i can i have been but i still feel fucking weird going back there now even i mean it's all right like well i mean it's all right for me now but you know like i but i i you know you understand it was mm. just like, i just didn't want to go there and so i was like great now i've got to do rehearsals in hammersmith a place the last place i want to go yeah <laughs> Um, but Lambda I, is in Hammersmith, just for any who don't uh, know that. Yes, sorry. Context. The clarity is yes, Lambda is. No, it's all right. My job is to clarify. It's fine. But I guess it was quite good exposure. You know, exposure therapy. It was like, yeah. well, you're going to have to go, otherwise you're not going to do the play. Yeah. And I did it. And um, it was. I remember going on for the first preview 
and I was I felt like this feeling in my stomach and I was like uh oh it's happened and I was like no no this is this is this is healthy nerves yeah oh, brilliant okay I went on did it and uh Gary Lineker came to see it Gary Lineker Gary Lineker came to see it yeah <laughs> Was he in a bag it. of crisps? <laughs> Maybe. Although I don't think they sell walks the lyric. They probably sell like yeah. salty dog. Yeah, salty dog. The salty dog crisps. <laughs> um, yeah, and that was that was good. And then a lot of people from our year came to see it, I think. Did they? Yeah. Because they got a discount. <laughs> because they got a discount. Because I, I came to see it, but I, I was actively avoiding people from my ear not through any fault of their own just because it was too traumatic mm. well some of them through the fault of their own but we won't get into that yet <laughs> um but that that's that must have been nice that yeah because i i think that feeling of being forgotten is a massive part well it was for me yeah um, i was quite um i think i was quite bitter when i left mm. um um so did that and um, that was quite a good success. I got another play off the back of that, which was good. And then I ended up working for a couple of years and I hated it. Really? And I was like, I should have learned my lesson. Mm. But uh, yeah. What did what did you hate the lifestyle? Or did you hate the actual doing it? I hated, I, I don't want to be massively negative, but I didn't enjoy, should we say, I didn't enjoy the fact that I always felt like I, you know, no matter how, what's it in The Simpsons? It goes, no matter how hard you try, no matter how good you are at something, there's always <laughs> going to be someone, someone better. better. <laughs> yep. um, which is fine, you know, but it was the, you know, like we were saying earlier, like um, what I looked like, I guess, and I don't know, maybe the way I performed, I'm not sure, wasn't really in vogue at the in time. At the time. It wasn't. Like, mm. Nobody wanted some like, weird square-headed little, or whatever, you my know. My favourite what... little munchkin, Ella Mitchell. You know, well, yeah. <laughs> I remember once my agent put me up for a... A munchkin? A munchkin. <laughs> a munchkin. And I got it. <laughs> um, and, and it's out now. Uh, but... Uh... They are doing a new Snow White, I've heard. So. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to be the bird. <laughs> Get back. Get back in that. Um, but... Uh, I remember I got put up because I get put up for a lot of a lot of children, mm. and okay, if you're in a big theatre, I am twelve at a push, like at a push twelve. Four, I mean fourteen at that time. I did look probably about fourteen, but you know, I think minimum I would I think you could probably get away with casting me was twelve. Yeah, and that's when you were sat in the gods at the Noel Cow Theatre. You know, <laughs> you know, couldn't see Restricted the children's view. hour kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But um, I remember I got a script through for this play at the Hampstead Theatre and it was for a seven-year-old. Wow. And I was like, is that... This surely isn't right. But they couldn't cast an actual seven-year-old because of some reason... Well, that's the thing. For actors, I think especially female actors who look younger, it's quite a a niche because you can... They're often looking for that, yeah. So. I had to play Hansel once and I had to shave twice a day because by day. by the I did the matinee and then by the evening <laughs> I was getting five o'clock shadow because I'm extremely butch. <laughs> Wait, what part was that? I was playing Hansel in Hansel and Gretel. No. Yeah, yeah. Twice a day. Twice a day, yeah. He doesn't look young enough. He doesn't. <laughs> He's got five o'clock shadow. I, I feel, and I've expressed this to you before, but I feel... I mean, everything happens how it's supposed to happen is what people say, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But 
I feel very sad that I didn't know you that well at drama school and was also not sleeping already by the time you left um and that I wasn't there for you I felt quite I've have felt in the past quite guilty for that because you could have I I I I reached out to you when I was in a dark place and had felt forgotten and then I was like <laughs> ironic that I wasn't there for Ella when she was in that place I mean it's it's fine <laughs> it's completely <laughs> fine you know I don't think I let anybody in no I just wouldn't let I was you know for any you know people that don't know who I am for whatever reason that is yeah how do you oh, not know come on the Elmet <laughs> the Elmet head um but I so I'm not I'm not surprised because like, why would anybody know who I was because I just didn't I literally just hid like hid away mm. for 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 all of two terms yeah <laughs> two terms <laughs> paid off that student debt no worries <laughs> easy no no student debt for me paid it off um but uh so it's completely you know I don't hold any grudges about that at all mm. um. And I'm glad that you did reach out to me because it meant that I then became very good friends with you. And I'm yeah. very pleased about that. And Dan and I had a a wonderful, well, have, I guess. Now, we've re- reconnected quite mm. recently. But um, I'm, I'm very pleased that you did. I'm glad that I could be there for you as a point of, I guess, well, I, I don't know, like, you know, just as a, just as a human being, you know, on a human being. Mm. Not, not necessarily as like a, you know, like a point of reference, although I did have similar experience. So I think it was probably quite useful for both of us to know that like that actually there is you know there is a, a a network of people that can help and just to be kind to one another yeah i'll ju- i'll just go through for the listeners so i had a a similar experience but over a longer period of time so i by the end of term 1 i was quite fucked i was starting to really get 2 hours of sleep a night four if I was lucky sometimes but very rarely four um and I didn't really know at the time because I was so psychologically unaware but it was huge anxiety issues um and I managed to somehow keep um keep going until the start of third year although a couple of times I did say to faculty members I think I need to go Mm. and they sort of encouraged me to stay whether that was the right thing or not i don't know interesting have they encouraged me to go <laughs> you just said they're like can't lose another one it's gonna look really <laughs> yeah, bad it's gonna look really bad <laughs> um but i then yeah got a big part of the start of third year and completely crumbled had a nervous breakdown and left and then had similarly so many mirroring things in our story <laughs> similarly had kind of agoraphobia for about four months just like the darkest time i remember in my life and just a lot of suicide but basically four months of planning my own suicide really Mm. is the the sad truth of it um and i reached out to you because i was talking to macy really made an effort with me at the time which i'm still really grateful for um this is the macy fan club macy fan club i haven't seen macy in years i hope you're well macy if you're out there uh, she is out there, whether she's listening or not. <laughs> she's definitely out there. She's fine. There's nothing wrong with Macy. <laughs> Macy. Um, but, yeah, she was like, have you thought of talking to Ella? I was like, Ella? Why didn't I talk to Ella? And I remember, I can't remember how I got in touch. Maybe on Facebook. And then you called me. Did I? Yeah, I remember. I like calling the, the, people. People don't like to be called a lot of the time. No, it's, it's an era of no calls, isn't it? But I really appreciated it. Well, you are most welcome. <laughs> 
I like calling people, mm. but people tend to hang up straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the EE voicemail. Welcome to the EE voicemail. <laughs> yeah, I think it was a it was a beautiful little period in my life, really. Actually, connecting with you, and we sort of I don't know. You really took me under your wing, and. I have very fond memories of walking out of shows at the RSC. Yeah, halfway through. Oh God, yeah, we did. We left it. We we're like, no, you. I, we shan't name I, the production. But I don't want to see any more of this. No, I think it's time to go. We did. I think we did double. Was it double? We, we did. Went to, well, yeah. I mean, two shows in a day. Come on, let's yeah. get out of there. The, the first RSC. show was good. Yeah. And then, yeah, the second was was not so good. Um, I wanna, I wanna get because I had a again a similar experience of just kind of waking up one day, and something had shifted and it turned out it wasn't that healthy because i went into a manic state but well, hey. but way <laughs> but it's more fun than the depressive state um but it did kind of save me at the time i think it was kind of my body's way of going we need to get you off the fucking floor doing something um so you said kind of one day you just went i'm gonna go to a secret garden party yeah. what was there any signs that a change was coming no i no. literally i think it was just all of a sudden, I think I just woke up and all of my friends, my old friends from home, were going to this festival. And I was like, I want to go to a festival. I'd quite like to go to a festival. I'm going to go to a festival. Yeah. And I went and I had a great time. And um, yeah, and I hadn't seen a lot of them for a while. So I had a really, really good time. And it was really, I mean, my mother my mother was delighted to see me out of, out of the house. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, and um, yeah, I can't really, there was absolutely no... I don't think any lead up to um, it being. I just, I just wanted to go. You know, I think yeah. my friends went. No, no more. Time to go. Time yeah. to leave the door. It does. It feels weird, doesn't it? It's like a self. I mean, mine was. I kind of made a cry for help. I think in hindsight, but really, what what it was was just. I didn't want to die. I just couldn't. I that when you get to that level of depression, it's like there is no future. Mm-hmm. You just can't comprehend it in your brain. Um, and so I think it was like a warning sign, like someone needs to fucking help me. But weirdly, sort of a few days after I did that, I woke up and yeah, it was like my body was like, right, let's fucking get back to it, or something like or that. Something it's, like that. It's weird how in the depth suddenly you just shift. Yes. In a weird way. Yeah how we won't go into names or anything but another mirroring experience between our experiences is um it wasn't just drama school that kind of crumbled for us which is a massive thing because it's so i think at that age so part of your identity it's like oh i've always wanted to do this i'm an actor i'm gonna be an actor and then the rugs pulled out from under your feet um but we were both in relationships that then ended when we left Mm -hmm. um which has another layer of you've got heartbreak on top of that, but you can't really feel because you're so depressed. Yeah, well, stuff. I mean, I definitely felt pretty solidly heartbroken. Yeah, that was that was really that was the, my first proper experience of of heartbreak, and yeah, that too. was I would I would take anything over heart. I'm I do not deal very well sucks. with heartbreak. No, it's at awful. All. It's grief, and we don't really give yeah. it that weight in society, but it is. It's grief. I think you should be allowed time off work if you go through a bad breakup. I think so. Personally. I think so. It's really bad. Like, I, I'm very pathetic when it comes to heartbreak. I'm absolutely under no circumstances to be consoled, to, to be, <laughs> I absolutely want to just, that's it. Do that's not it. ever break up with Ella, all right, is the, is the main warning. This is your warning. 
um but I, no yeah i just don't deal with it very well mm. and um i wish that i did but i don't know how i can navigate that mm. hopefully i won't have to <laughs> well my my um method has been an avoidant attachment style where i just don't get into relationships so i don't want to figure that out again which is really healthy um <laughs> i'm trying to get over that right now but um you know it's been seven years since that event and still i've never really fully committed to a relationship because i'm always like i'm not going to get emotionally invested because that hurt a lot that last really time. hurt that really hurt <laughs> still i'm hurting. not going to do extreme sports but i'm not going <laughs> to do extreme dating <laughs> No extreme sports here. So you were saying that you weren't living your best life doing the acting anymore the acting no um and what was the final decision to quit so i, I hate that word quit to, to quit. step to step away to move on to move on yeah as um, you have done and have never gone back no never again um uh i i was fortunate enough to be cast in well what i well it was the my i guess my biggest job it was a it was a feature film a feature film where kate beckinsale was in it oh <laughs> lovely uh and i uh I, I shaved my head for it and i got paid not very much money and i remember i we'd just finished filming and it was like a 14 hour day i'd done like three days on it and like we just finished filming a 14 hour day in like Bethnal Green and I got taken back to Three Mill Studio and it was I think like two o'clock in the morning mm. and I was exhausted and stressed and it was a huge like big scene that we were doing and I remember and my driver had gone home um, and I was living in West London and Three Mills uh, if you don't know is out in Bow so very far away very my parents live like essentially near Hounslow so mm. this was very far away there was no night tube uh there was no way for me to get home and also i had no money Fuck. i didn't have a single penny in my bank account like and i just looked at myself and i said what's the point no more i can't do this anymore and i remember the third ad had to drive me home and he was like I've, i'm really sorry like i've never seen anything like this this is a shambles and i called my agent the next day and i was like i don't want to do this anymore because what's the point in me like if even when i was working like i was you know i was i was working actor and i had no money mm. and i couldn't earn a living i was living at home and i still had no money yeah and i was doing this big film i made the cut yeah, I didn't get good. cut. I got lines You're and all sorts. You're on IMDb, I imagine. I, I am on IMDb. Yeah, so more than still. me. I've been doing it for fucking six years I now. I was quite surprised I found myself on IMDb the other day. Um, uh, and I, I, I called her up and I had a meeting with her and I was like, I just can't justify it anymore because I'm, I'm, I wasn't happy when I was working. I wanted to work when I wasn't working and I didn't have any money either way. So I was like, right, I think I should probably do something else. Yeah. And she was quite you know she was very understanding thankfully and was like you know like if you always if you ever want to come back da 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 same kind of spiel as lambda gave me really mm. and i 
I then quit and I just ended up getting a job in theatre marketing for three years. I remember that, yeah. Three years I worked there. Yeah, mental. Mm. And I just kind of wanted a, a an inverted commas a normal life, you know. Mm. And my partner at the time was um, worked in publishing and, uh, you know, they had a very structured life. And... Um, and that's kind of what I wanted. And I ended up working in an office yeah. for three years doing fit marketing, which was quite useful. Um, and it was, you know, stable-ish income and et cetera, et cetera. Had somewhere to go every day. Had somewhere to go every day. <laughs> but, you know, it's not all... I, uh, working in office, I don't think, was for me either. Mm. But um, as we have learned. Uh, but, you know, it gave me some some stability. But I just remember just being like, what, what the hell am I doing at Three Wheel Studio at two o'clock in the morning? Yeah. I couldn't even get a Boris bike home. Man. You know, I couldn't ask li- how little money I had. I was like, I couldn't even get a Boris bike home. Yeah. And I was like, not that I'd want to cycle all the way home from Bow. <laughs> yeah, Bow to near In the freezing Amber. cold. It was freezing cold, mm. I remember, and I had no hair. <laughs> I had oh, shaved, fuck, I yeah. shaved head. <laughs> you know, I shaved my head cold for that part. Cold and miserable seriously yeah um but yeah that's so interesting that it, it's uh because often it's a gradual process isn't it where people decide to step away but yeah it's that moment of clarity it's is quite kind a, of... A, a running theme isn't it it's like nope, nope. no more not no again. more yeah impulse 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 yeah but man that impulse i kind of stuck with and um i think i had like a little bit of like oh maybe i Maybe I want to do that. Maybe I want to, but like I said before, all I want, all, all I really wanted to do was do cartoons. Yeah, that's what I really wanted to do anyway. But I didn't end up doing that, so you know, less still mm. time. And what have you? What's your life been like since then? So you did oh. theatre marketing for three years. Yes, and then COVID happened. Oh fuck! Yes, yes. that whole big shebang. And then I lost... remember it fondly. <laughs> on Star Wars, and then it. COVID happened, and I was like, right, well, then I got made. But I did a lot of really interesting creative stuff when I was working and. I did a lot of art direction. I did wonders for my creative CV. Yeah. Did a lot of art direction, did a lot of um, storyboarding and like uh, trailer making and cool. saw a lot of theatre. Um, How was that, seeing theatre again once you'd stepped away from it? Was there any pangs of like, ooh? Some, not really. No. I don't know what, weirdly enough, I ended up working for Kenny Wax. Like, well, I worked <laughs> for a company that, uh, I worked for a woman called Helen Snell, who was very lovely. Um, and we did all the marketing for all of the touring marketing for Kenny Wax's show. So I ended up right. working with the, with the mischief floor. Yeah, yeah. So it was complete full circle. It was really funny. I ended mm. up, you know, with, with the Henrys and everything. Mm. And, um, so I saw them quite a lot and I did a lot of their, uh, like promotional stuff for their new shows. And so it was really, it was really funny because I ended up working back, I guess, with Lambda with grads. With Lambda people, yeah. In, almost entirely with Lambda grads, which was so odd. Mm. Um, but, um... Yeah, then COVID hit, and then I was like, well, I've got to find something else to do. Then I started training as a carpenter. <laughs> Fuck, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, this is all coming back. Then I started training as a carpenter. I was like, I don't work, work enough. Well, obviously, I spent a lot of time watching Desperate Housewives sat on my bum and uh, finally getting around to watching lots of things that I didn't have the time to watch before, um, as did, I think, everybody. Um, and, um, yeah, start training as a carpenter, and that kind of uh, did bits and did a lot of building and set building and stuff like that. And then the the guy who ran my apprenticeship um, just up and left one day and went to Australia and was never heard of ever again. Did he announce that he was going? Yes, what? but he was saying that he was going to come back. Ah. <laughs> and he didn't. And did he so, fuck? And so I was left, he didn't pay me. I was oh, left no. with like half skills that I couldn't really transfer on my own. 
Um, and so I was like, hmm, what am I going to do now? <laughs> again. Oh, what am I going to do now again? Yeah. Uh, and and then I ended up getting, working a lot of like festivals, I guess, like festival-y, building-y stuff. And, and then carpentry was, oh, I'm not very good at maths. <laughs> I've discovered and I was like that can be difficult with <laughs> very difficult especially when you're trying to make cut lists and I'd get them wrong all the time and so people were like can you build me some cupboards and I said absolutely not do you <laughs> want them to do you want them to open <laughs> if you want closed they cupboards they creak a lot but <laughs> <laughs> this one fell down <laughs> um here's one I didn't finish earlier <laughs> um so but I did learn a lot now I'm, now I'm a patent decorator yeah because I figured out that I could get my own work doing that because I did a lot of that and um, didn't need a lot of maths for that. Did a lot of eyeballing stuff. So that's mm. what I do. And then again, by accident, started taking pictures. And now I get pho- photography work. Amazing. So it's all creative stuff as well. Like you've stayed within that realm, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Yes, that's my life story. That's the, and that the brings story us to the present of, uh, day. I, I want to ask, and this is quite a sad question because it shows a lot of the the things that i feel as actors well not all actors but i i think acting whether i want it to or not is so wrapped up in my identity and what i do and what i'm here for (laughs) and what i was meant to do what's your what's what brings you meaning in your life since you've stepped away what do you not live for now but like what what are the things that bring you joy and what are your priorities I mean, it's just the little things, isn't it? It's the little. It's things, all about it? the little things. It's a good cup of coffee in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, like, all like twelve of those. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, you know, like I love my partner. Like she's amazing, and she's a really talented uh, DJ, musician, producer-y person. Um, Julia, Julia Campanella, or Julia. Yeah, Tess. give her a shout out. Julia Tess, uh, playing Field Day next week. Cool. It uh, should be pretty fun. I did a lot of what what brings what brings me I just really like weird little things like I like I was saying earlier like I get I think I get my my brain gets kind of like tr- like tracked onto like slight obsessions like at the moment it's like old football shirts yeah we had a big long conversation about that which a brought me a lot of joy shirts. and I love you know and I love old football shirts I just I don't even own I don't even own any really I've got like two. I've got like a West Brom one, I've got a Fiorentina one, and I've got another one. But I, I just love just looking at things, and mm. I and I really like going to car boot sales <laughs> and just looking at old tat. Yeah, that's really to be honest, what I really enjoy, you know, and going and seeing my my friends. And um, actually, I so I was saying this to you before, but um, I got a lot, I got a lot of burnout because I um, drive myself to the ground when I do work and when you work for yourself and as a freelancer you don't know when you're going to work and when you mm-hmm. are going to work so when the work comes I take it and then uh, do I overwork and I went on holiday recently and um, I got really we went drove through Polignano Al Mare which is where they host the Red Bull diving oh, cliff diving competitions wow. that's where they start the tour I think and I obviously got obsessed with them uh and i am going to start taking platform diving lessons fabulous next week <laughs> as someone who's scared of heights that's terrifying but well congratulations yeah i'm gonna start doing that 
and because my friend told me wise words from my friend Jess she said Ellie you need to try and find a hobby that you don't try to monetize yeah and I was like that is wise words because I was Mm. like I really enjoy this how can I make it profitable for me yeah and then it takes the kind of joy out of it I think when you end up making it your job well not always like I really enjoy photography and painting and stuff like that but there's an added pressure that yeah you know like something for just pure recreation and joy and I don't think I'm going to become a professional cliff diver anytime soon so I don't Mm. think I'll be able to make any money (laughs) money off it yet such a funny job that that's a thing I'm a professional cliff diver they're crazy they jump off like so like so the the highest you you get as a, an Olympic diver is, I think it's, it's 10 meters and they jump from 20. Mm. So what you, you I've seen videos of these Olympic divers go up to the 20 meter platform and they can't do it. They're like, fuck. They're yeah. like, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to do that. And that's, gonna, that's going to bring me some meaning, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just like little, you know, little weird things or like, you know, go, going and looking at old, old tat i guess i just yeah. really like going looking at old tat and you know going and going cooking and all, all of those things that yeah. people tend to enjoy it's really lovely to hear because i'm trying to i just think for so much of my life i've been like i have to be a really successful actor or i'm a failure and actually i love loads of things you've got like lo- you're an amazing musician and you've got many skills and you've got a really nice voice thank you i do voiceovers and he does voiceovers. Not the EE one yet, but... Welcome to the welcome. EE voicemail. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's just about finding a joy in, in, in things that... I don't know. What you feel yeah. in your guts. Yeah, yeah. Feel it in your guts. Feel it in the guts. Um, do you still... That time in your life... Um, when you left Lambda and the two months after and that whole period of really, you know, difficult mental health, uh, mental ill health, do you still feel pain from that time? Do you oh, s- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Good, that makes me feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Serious, yeah. Yeah. Good. I don't even like... I Not tend- good, <laughs> but I'm oh, just glad great. that I don't feel so weird for still feeling, yeah. No, yeah, of course. It was, it was terrible. It mm. was awful. It is a massive trauma I think. yeah like completely debilitating and i didn't know who i was like i'm very you know i'm very outgoing and i like chatting to and like you know my, nobody knew who i was really. i just became a completely different person mm. and i don't like thinking about that person because well i mean you know it was still me but like it's just like a, you know i didn't nobody i didn't even recognize myself yeah because well, i was so thin yeah god <laughs> weren't so we all <laughs> looking back at photos of that time it's like jesus yeah. Yes. Um. But, you know, like it does. It is. It. I was just very destructive. You know, and it's just. I don't really like, like, thinking about it because it's just like. I mean, also, like, what's the point? You know, like, what's the point in? What's the point in dwelling on the past? I'm dwelling on the past. We can only look to the future. <laughs> and the only. Th- I'm trying to do an Eckhart Tolle voice now. The only thing that is present is the present. <laughs> 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 yeah. <coughs> I. I had for many years, for about five years, so not that long, like it's seven, nearly eight years since I left. Like it'll be eight years at the end of this this year. Um, and I had for five years PTSD-like symptoms mm. of I would sometimes dream that I was back in oh, that yeah. state and I would wake thinking I was back there and be in a cold sweat and panic. 
Yeah, I had I had dreams all the time about waking up and being like, and now I'm going to voice lesson. Yeah. And I'd be like, and now we're going to movement. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh God, no, please don't make me go. Yeah. Please don't make me go I to, know. to class. <laughs> I do wonder sometimes, like, will I ever... <sighs> Will I ever feel fully at peace with what happened? I mean, I think that's... Do you have to? Can no. Just... Do you have to do No, I suppose it's a scar, you isn't hold it? hold on to those. And ones. the scar will always be there. You know, if you're feeling really numb, you can always remember the the complete and utter trauma. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you can always look back <laughs> oh, and be like, well, I, I can't feel anything today. Let's have a think back. to mm. two, It was 2014. Oh. Ah, yes, I remember it fondly. What Not. a time. What a time. Jeez, Louise. Um, and on a more positive note, what are your plans for the future? Or are you very much a keep it in the day kind of gal? I mean... I don't even know what I'm doing next week. Actually, next week I do know what I'm doing. I'm doing a lot next week. I'm doing a lot of working next week. Um, uh, doing a big shoot and I'm doing some stairs. But a lot, I tend to kind of not really, I don't, I'm not really a big, you know, like, I tend, don't tend to plan very many things, Yeah. you know. And I've got lots of weddings and things coming that up. That time and of I our have lives, to plan. isn't it? Yeah. You know, I have to plan Everyone's for like next married. year and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing next week. No. Like people are like, How's this thirteenth of April look next year for you? And I'm like, I don't oh God. Yeah. Uh it's freelancers though, isn't it? That's we're not used to that sort of no. thing. Yeah, it's like, Oh yeah, I'll book that day off in April next year. I think mm. I'd quite like to go and live somewhere else for a bit, probably. Mm. I'd quite like to go and live by the beach. By the beach. I need to be when when I become a professional cliff diver, go and live in Polignano Amare, and I'll go. This is just for joy, Ella. <laughs> just, just. <laughs> if you can't... do, I'm going to be. I'm so happy for you. But this was supposed to be just for joy. I just you now need it. to start chess or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, li- I don't don't really have big. You know. Yeah. I, I know there good. are some people that are really driven by. You know, they're like, "This is it, and that's what I'm going to do." I ask everyone, well, seemingly on this this season as well, because I can't make up my mind. Do you think I should go to Yale? Ella? Yes, yeah. I think you should. I think the Americans are going to love you. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to do it, aren't I? Everyone's he's just everyone's so saying, cute. You know, he's just he's just so British. He's like got he's this, really like, really interesting accent accent and it's just you know it's a different culture he's from man. <laughs> i don't really understand his sarcasm yeah <laughs> the only, the main thing i'm scared about is not is having the only way i'll get a visa is if i only get a visa to be able to act there so i've got to fucking be able to act well, that's an I'm incentive gonna... isn't it yeah true sign me bitches sign go. me we get on now to our segments of the week so I wrote these down. You've written these down. I've, 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 cool. I think I think I did. I gave them to you quite late. I've started doing that with guests, which is slightly unfair. But I don't want you. No, to that's think too right. Because otherwise, because today it might be a different one to what it was like yesterday, and then I would change my mind to last yeah. minute. Cool. Okay. So, what is your art of the week, Ella Mitchell? So, I have just gotten my girlfriend into The Sopranos. <gasps> my favorite series it's of all my time favorite. it's my favorite series of all time I, I i hesitated from talking about it earlier because i was like i was in, i i was very late and i watched it in lockdown hmm. uh and i haven't watched it since for like three years and 
my friend got in my friend recently got into it i think it's better the second time round. it's you know? so good because i think i like kind of missed a missed you know because you're watching so you miss yeah you see you pick up on and things watch, you're like oh my god and then oh, christopher does hit the guy over the head yeah. with the guitar <laughs> Um, but uh, Malta Santi, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Madame. <laughs> and I, and was... I do find the uh, spoiler alert. It's the surprise. It's been out for years. Watch it, all right. I don't feel bad about spoilers, <laughs> but spoiler. Google it. <laughs> but like, I love the episode where they do go to Italy and like the actual Italians. Like, Where's the take gravy? The, take the... <laughs> yeah, so can I just get some ba- meatballs with some red sauce? <laughs> so... <laughs> they go to the suit and all the, Ita- all, the <laughs> all the guys are like, oh god. god. And he's what is it? Paulie Walnuts. Is, is, Paulie is, Walnuts. Yo, let me just. Where's the gravy? Yeah, rest Listen in here, peace, Paulie Walnuts. Oh, he died a few years ago. But yeah, so I'm really, I that's my art of the week, and it's she fantastic. loves it. Yeah, I mean, you can't really know. It is interesting being like, come on, mom, it's the '90s. We're supposed to talk about sex, and it's like, oh my god, it was the '90s. The '90s, god. yeah. Edie Falco in that. Oh god, so, so good. good. I mean, she's amazing though in she everything that she does, and it was Nurse Jackie as well. Yeah, and she seems like a lovely person as well, yeah. from what I've seen. So yeah. Um, wonderful. My art of the week is going to be quite a musical art of the week uh, art and artist spotlight of the week for me this week. Uh, but it's Graceland by Paul Simon. Wonderful album. Um, wonderful album and specifically the song Graceland, I think. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose the whole album. But in terms of just, it makes me feel joyous. And it's about, it's about something quite sad, but I love the just he's so good lyrically. I mean the losing love is like a window to your heart. Everybody sees you're blown apart, everybody feels the wind blow. I'm gonna grease ding and the you know, the the shifting together of African music and sort of more Southern American tunes works very well. Tunes. See, I'm tunes. getting ready to come to America already. <laughs> tunes. Incoming. Get you tunes. beautiful Yanks. Yeah, I saw I seen the um, was it the I can't remember which gospel choir do it. I've seen, I, th- I think it was in a couple of times. Do it something, something gospel choir. Do it. I was just in, in the in the pouring rain at Kendall Calling or something. Because he he there. recorded it with Lady Smith's Black Black Man Man Bar, We actually did a show with them when I was working in theatre marketing. Did you? Yes, Lady Smith Black Man Barzo did the. But you love Lady Smith Black Man Barzo. <laughs> it's your favourite. <laughs> um, yeah, we I we we did a worked on a show with um with them, which is interesting. Mm. Um, but yeah. Good. Like I mean, one. he's he's just one of the great songwriters, isn't he? He's up there on the on the Mount Rushmore of songwriters, along with Joni and Bob oh, and, good old Joni. and Paul. And not all that. Paul. Not Paul. Not Paul. Not Paul McCartney. We've not spoken about this. I am not a fan of the Beatles whatsoever. Interesting. Maybe Interesting. maybe two songs. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Fair enough. But I, think I get I get is, in trouble a lot for saying that. People I, get really defensive. I don't particularly. I don't go out of my way to listen to the Beatles, and they're not one of my favorite groups. But I think. Um, I have to recognise their influence on the music I love. That's what everybody says. Everybody says, but then what they true. did for music was on, on blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm like, okie dokie. Okie dokie, whatever But I think. don't care, although he was, Lennon was mean to his wife. <laughs> Lennon was mean to his wife. Yeah, Lennon was a dick by the sounds of it. Um, one thing you're grateful for this week, Ella. One thing I am grateful for this week is uh, actually this was the one i didn't write down because i couldn't th- I, I was like i can't think of anything because i was like oh, what does it have to be um i am really grateful for you're probably gonna have to edit this so i'm gonna do a lot of pausing that's thinking. right nice no, good um okay well on the on the back of uh, me talking about 
the 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 cliff driving i'm really grateful for uh the cliffs in the sea (laughs) yeah and being i'm really grateful for the sea me too because i like being underwater and Mm. it is really i just think it's really well cleansing so i'm really grateful for the sea i've weirdly found that i'm most creative when i'm by the sea yeah if i'm by if i'm somewhere that's by sea for a lot of time a lot of the poetry i've written is by the sea the ones that that have been yeah there's something that's wind sorry (laughs) 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 that's that's sea i can't do it what's that one no that's that spitting rain None of these things are the same. <laughs> That's a motorbike. <laughs> that is the Loch Ness Monster. See, she wanted to be in cartoons. <laughs> and this is your chance. This is your life, Ella Mitchell. What can I do? I can do a um, pretty good pig. That's very good. I don't know how. I actually don't know how I do it. I, I, something happens in the back of my throat. What can I, I can only do impressions of people. I could be quite, a, quite a good Alan Bennett. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As I looked, like, oh, Alan, oh, my <laughs> man, I did. <laughs> Pete and Dudley and I. I do, what's she called? Uh, uh, from White Lotus. Yeah. Um, I love White Lotus. Well, what's her bloody one. name? She's my screensaver. I can, uh, 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 uh. Which one? Uh, I want to be like Monica Vitti. <laughs> oh, Jennifer, Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to oh. be like, I just want to be like Monica Vitti. <laughs> Very good. Um, I am grateful this week for... I started playing cricket again, talking about hobbies. Ella there you hates go. cricket, apparently. Yeah, not fun. Uh, not, it's a lot of people aren't fans. Um, but it's been nice. I have, don't really have hobbies, so I am enjoying it. And I'm grateful that this week... I'm slightly terrified, too. But you start at the bottom, so I started in the fifth team. Um, and then I made my way up to the fourth. And this week, I'm in the seconds. Whoa! I've gone from the fourth to the seconds. So pretty much nailing that. Um, the Duckworth-Lewis method. Duckworth-Lewis system that no one understands. No, but there was a band called the Duckworth-Lewis method. That's quite brilliant. Have you heard of them? No, that's They genius, released, though. I think, I don't know how many albums they released, but their songs are entirely about cricket. And they've got a song called The Sweet Spot. And... Always oh, middled that. Always oh, middled that. <laughs> I, I, I think I got it on iTunes free single of the week. I'm gonna have to check out. You have to check out the Duckworth Lewis, Lewis method. We promote the Duckworth Lewis method. On I don't this know podcast. where they are now. <laughs> Probably playing cricket. I don't know. Artist spotlight of the week, Ella. So I thought about this, and I was thinking, actually, Martin Parr. Do you know the mm. photographer Martin Parr? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, because I was, I went to his exhibition a few years ago that he did at the National Portrait Gallery. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of his photos, I, like the, the, he did like a series of club photos, which literally looked like promoter club photos, which I'm not a fan of, but all of his original, like, well, no, just his style in general, I find just amazing. And, you know, he's, I, he, you know, if you don't know who Martin Parr is, he just has a real snapshot of, I think, well, a lot of being Brit, you know, Brit- British and like, mm. you know, his photos of people on the beach being incredibly British and sunburnt, yeah. you know, and all of that kind of like his, in- his garish like flash stuff and just really capturing things without like any kind of compromise. Mm. And a lot of people can look at it and be like, well, this isn't a really, you know, where's the depth of field kind mm. of, you know, but they're just brilliant and they're just really, I think, yeah, just uncompromisingly great. And yeah. I know that's probably quite, 
quite a bit a bait thing to say but i got back back into recently because of the shoot the kind of the theme of the shoot that i'm going to be doing in the style so i was like who can i look at and i was like martin parr he's um yeah he's 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 pretty good with the old with the flash I would love actually some recommendations from you at a later date about photographers to look at because it's one sort of art form that I love going to see see um, exhibitions from photographers. But I don't go to the photographers gallery. Mm. Let's go because it's yeah, um, it's usually pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean Martin Parr, you can I can I can look at his stuff all day because yeah. there's always some. It's like when I go to the theatre, I find like I like when I when I go to the theatre, I like watching the people that aren't talking. Yes, because me too. I like watching the people that aren't talking. I remember my mum told me once. This is slightly off topic, but when I was about, I think it was, I think she said I was like two or three, and we were having dinner because my um my my mum's an actor, my dad's a writer, heaven forbid. <laughs> um and um you might have seen her in the Ren Kitchens advert. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the Ren Kitchens. She was, but that, oh. that 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 gave us Christmas dinner for three oh. years. That did. Um. But uh, she turned around to me at the dinner table, apparently, and it was like when they had guests over, and she was like, Ella, what, 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 what do actors do? And apparently I was like, they lean. They lean. And she was like, what do you mean they lean? And I was like, they lean. And I gestured, well, you can't see what I'm doing, but I gestured leaning. Because you'd been watching, leaning. even from a young age, you'd been watching the people not talking. Leaning. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, oh, that's what that's really what acting's all about, isn't it? Yeah. It's a lot of leaning. I, I find it really interesting as well watching because bad actors will kind of zone out and or, they're sort of just waiting. Or they'll do too much. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that's one or the other. Yeah. You read The Art of Course Acting? I haven't, no. Oh my God. It came out in the 60s or 70s. It's brilliant. It's Michael Green and he actually has The Art of Course Cricket and The Art of Course Rugby, I think, oh, as wow. well. But he, it, there's a lot of, it's just a lot of like, whether they're real or not, anecdotes yeah. of like, of just how to be a bad actor essentially. yeah <laughs> and it's really really funny so yeah a lot of uh watching people about but yeah with martin Powell, i think there's a lot of just lots to look at but mm. it, but it, i think when i do that though it often means that i'll laugh at in inverted commas inappropriate places mm. I'm like, Meh. oh i'm the same and i have the worst laugh I've in the got, world so. we've got really loud laughs so. another thing that mirrors each other is yeah we're like one person <laughs> just like diff- one. two different lines Serendipity. <laughs> um but i get so i'll just laugh really loudly and people be like shh yeah be like, it's I, comedy. It's the worst funny. one ever was i laughed really loudly um when simon russell beale was doing king lear at the national mm-hmm. and the bit where he beats the fool to death i couldn't stop laughing it was really awkward and people turned around and but stared it's, at me. you know, it's like that, what is it? The I've Brexit... paid for this ticket, I'll laugh when I want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh, it's it's like the, that Brechtian thing, isn't it? You know, music against the grain. It's the only time I'll ever really enjoy ABBA, mm. which I don't enjoy, but I will enjoy ABBA if it's used in a way that's like Tarantino-esque, I think. Mm. I can only, when I think, when I, when I hear ABBA, I immediately go to like, like a scene from the sopranos yeah. where they're where they're whacking somebody yeah, yeah and i'm like then i can enjoy the music because it's funny yeah that's true that's interesting my um artist spotlight of the week is steven adler the original drummer from guns and roses uh i was listening to appetite for destruction their debut album uh on the way home from cricket last night i had training last night but my, you weren't listening to the duckworth lewis the method duckworth lewis method now that i know i will um but he was only on the first album um and he's there's just something it's quite subtle but there's there's a 
a groove to his drumming that d- he doesn't feel like a rock drummer. And I think Matt Sorum took over as the drummer of Guns N' Roses and he's a fantastic drummer, but he's a proper rock drummer. And there's something, there's a swing to his playing that I think makes that album so great. And I remember Izzy Stradlin, who was their rhythm guitarist, one of the best rhythm guitarists of all time, um, saying that he the Guns N' Roses was over for him once Steve was kicked out of the Which band. Which songs, so Appetite for Destruction was the album with the, the, the famous one yeah. that everybody wears the t-shirt of. Yeah, yeah, that And one. which song in particular? Um, I think Night Train is a good example. I mean, it's part of it's on Cowbell and stuff like that, but there's just, uh, um, there's just, I can't quite describe it, but there, I think drummers will know what I'm talking about. There's something that feels almost, drummer. almost like, almost. Are you a drummer? I was. I was a drummer. I just really? played drums for ten years. Did you? I did I not did. know that. I did grade six. Yeah. All the way. It, there's Nearly something the way. that almost reminds me of like in grade seven. I don't know. Grade seven. Like I funk drummers about the way he plays. It's not. His syncopation's interesting. It's just not. He's not doing anything really wild and like changing time signatures or anything. But there's just a feel and a groove to his playing that I think they were a great rhythm section they're like with duff on bass and and izzy and him yeah i think night train would be a good one to showcase that also rocket queen rocket queen's a good one and then it became axel rose and friends axel rose and friends i saw them in 2010 and it was axel rose and friends yeah slash had gone i saw them in 2017 when slash and duff had come back it was a great show but um 40 minutes late when i came on and it wasn't very good no yeah axel's a bit odd these days but they're making a shit ton of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and headlining Glastonbury. What? Yeah. <laughs> um, I know you're no longer in the industry anymore, but if there was one thing you could change about the entertainment slash acting industry, oh my what God. would it be? The, the, okay, there's absolutely no um, way that this can be fixed, I don't think. But if I could wave a magic wand, you should be able to... The amount of work that goes into preparing for an audition... Mm-hmm which is unpaid yep almost pretty much every time other than i guess like most times you probably won't get it mm-hmm. and the amount of hours especially now what you're what you're expected to do it, it i just it's obscene like mm. you know so if i could magically have some kind of you know monetary relief because you have to take time off work like yeah. you have to or you, like, you lose days of work well, i used to it, i used to go fun. and work and like manage essentially manage a pub and like stick my sides you know to the back of the bar try and, and just sit and, le- and try and learn them while serving it's insane mm. and now like i don't really know how how it works very much but if if i could change the way that auditions were so but it's a lot it's ma- mainly almost entirely self-taped now isn't it for yeah for tv and film it's almost so you all kind self-taped. of you know, it's not. But I, I remember just being like, "You have to be off book," and it's like, "Why? Mm. Why? Why yeah. do I have to be off book?" You know, like, mm. what's the? You know, for what? So it's a line learning exercise. Yeah. So if I could change that, that would probably be it. I mean, well, there's many things. A myriad. Would, yes. A myriad. But I think that one for me was a real gripe. You know, gripe is that a word? Yeah. Is it an offensive word? No. <laughs> <laughs> If it is, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, it's not a gripe. Gripe. Yeah. I uh that just I just couldn't get my head around the fact that it was just so time consuming. And you and I you walk in and then you like you never Or then they change it last mm-hmm. minute. You or like when you did get to go in, you'd be like, Oh, by the way, 
we're going to give you this now. And, you know, so go away for however long. And you'll be like, what? Yeah. That I'd change that in a heartbeat. I think I'd also change just the way everything was run. Actors should yeah. be paid properly, as we know. You know, especially in, uh, you know, with everything that's going on in America. Um, I'm coming for you. Um, <laughs> Please don't be on strike when I get there, but I support the strikes now. <laughs> we must stand with our comrades. We stand with our comrades, our American comrades. But yeah, like, you know, pay people, pay people properly. And like, that I guess. And also just, I think, respect, respect, respect one another. Mm. You know, and, and don't, I don't know. I have a lot of things, but yeah, I think yeah. the, the the fact that you have to spend so much time that's a really preparing for an audition that you may probably not even get, mm. and it just seems like and a sometimes like if you're with a top agency, so I've heard, um, <laughs> and you're kind of you know you're new out of drama school, you could be going for up to three four auditions a week, so you can't work that much because no. you're doing those, and the majority of them you won't get, and how do you have time to do anything? Yeah, no, it's just exhausting. Completely agree. Completely agree. So that's why I changed. Good. I don't know how. There's no absolutely well, you've no. You've got a magic wand on this podcast. That's the thing. Oh yeah. It's done. That was the magic wand um, sound effect. How much though? <laughs> 150 an hour. 150. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have? If you could choose one person, who would be your artistic role model? So role models, I find. I don't. I don't even know because I think every, so many, so many art, so many artists and people and. Uh, bring different things to the table but like so I don't know if I have really a role model I think like people who are uncompromising in in their art mm. you know and don't and are you know true to form and also just nice people I think mm. you know like you can have like a really amazing role model who's like a complete and utter like dick dick you know so mm. I think just th- like in people that people that are interesting like what's her name hang on I'm gonna what's her name the musician oh ma- like laurie anderson for example mm-hmm. she's uncompromising yeah so yeah sinead o'connor yeah you know may she rest in power yeah um her um her obviously her funeral was this week mm-hmm. was um played her all day at work the other day it was great she was absolutely uncompromising yeah. with everything that she did she was really nice by the sounds of things mm-hmm. you know she struggled with so many things, things and yeah. was just but just was completely true to true to for, mm. no matter what people did i think she's a a, a, a real if, yeah a real artistic role model i think there's a fantastic thing so you know the whole thing she did on was it snl snl, SNL. so that thing they about, steamrolled her <laughs> yeah about a week later it was bob dylan's 30th anniversary yes, concert and, they booed her. and she was going to sing i believe in you which is a really slow ballady song and they booed her and they kept booing and so, so she, she sang war she just she just said to the to the accompanists the other musicians just cut and she just into the mic a cappella just yelled the war, war. she's and like well if you're not gonna like it i'm gonna do it again it's badass as fuck it makes you makes you cry it's yeah just, and then uh, bless her she she was, she was really young then as well i think she was 25 she, she gets off like she just gets to side stage and i i can't i think it's chris christopherson or someone like that he just puts his arm around her and yeah, she sobs really but the composure she oh and she does the whole thing you know yeah. really fight the real enemy yeah but yeah, I think actually, you know what? I'd put her up there. Yeah. Uncompromising, badass, just like... And you know, the fact that she like bore her heart, like literally put her soul on a stage 
and for them to just boo her and for her to like relive what you know you know for for something that and I think what was it that the Boston report about the um mm. the things and that that came out afterwards yeah a long so time the no yeah. people were starting to speak about it in Ireland I think at that mm. time you know very quietly but and mm. then the Boston report came out um featured in the hit film spotlight spotlight um but yeah I think I'd have her yeah that's a really great choice if I do say so myself um, this is the hardest question, I think. What does it mean to you to be an artist? What, what you've said, uncompromising. That's one thing. To be an artist, mm. I think it's. Uh, this is going to sound. I don't know if this is really like pretentious thing to say. Probably. This I whole think podcast it's a really is pretentious. Good job, don't worry really about it. <laughs> <laughs> I live for this shit. Yes, yes, brilliant. Uh, I think it's a re- <laughs> to be an artist is a really good opportunity to be selfish when it's when you know to be selfish but not you know because i think with art you kind of have to do it for yourself because if mm-hmm. you start doing it for other people then it's it, gonna be shit it's as well, well or it's just not gonna be fun you know mm. i mean obviously that doesn't you know for like if you get like clients and you have to do like different things and stuff like that but um yeah i think it's, it's a good op- to, to do something to be an artist i think it's to, to do something for yourself mm. you know because if you're not if you're not doing it for yourself like you know like for example what did i listen to i don't read i only listen to audiobooks because well, i work with my hands all day so i yeah, can't yeah. read i can't pa- i can't paint and paint and yeah, read yeah no that makes um sense. so i listened to uh what was it um Jeanette McCurdy's book um who was in iCarly it was oh, i'm glad my yes, mom yes i've heard died. about this yeah great mm. it's really brilliant i don't care what people say i think it's great but she was doing it for her mum the mm. whole time because her mum desperately wanted to be an actor mm. and so her mum wanted her to be an actor she was like, i don't want to be kid. an actor and she was a kid she didn't know. you know and then if that so i think the answer but yeah if if you i i think listen to it the audiobook because she reads it and she's really funny mm. um but uh it is really it, there are some really tough bit but she navigates it in a really good funny way you know um but yeah, I think being an artist is to do something that's satisfying, whatever that is, satisfies your your need for your something. Your soul. Your soul. Satisfies your soul. It is. That's what it is at yeah. the end of the day, I think. It's not for like, you know, or you can go and do political, you know, like political art and everything like that is for something else. Mm. But I think it's also a it's reflection also coming of you. from you and your views. Because it's your yeah. views. Yeah. Exactly. So Completely. I think it's actually, that's the... That's what I think. Anyway, that's my two cents. Yeah, and yeah. that's my two cents. <laughs> Ella Mitchell, I'm very proud of us for how far we've come. Same. I think you're killing it, and and I hate that phrase actually, killing it. When people say that, because people always say that in my industry when someone's got a big film, oh, oh you're they're killing, killing it. it. It's like he's just killing it, actually, man. Actually, someone's killing it if they're working a side job to pay the rent and going to auditions and just trying, hustling, hustling. Every day I'm hustling. She's hustling. Hustling. Um, but I'm very, very proud, proud of, of you. you. Thank you, mate. Proud of you. <laughs> um, and I just want to say thank you for the support you gave me. And you got you really helped get me through one of the worst times of my life. Well, and I'm very glad that you reached out to me because mm. it meant that I became I've got a a beautiful friend from from it. Out of the darkness comes, comes light. Comes the light. And we must be better at. But staying in touch because we suck at that. Yes. But we will be. But like know. I said, I don't know what I'm doing next week. So no. <laughs> I've got to make these grand plans. Yeah. <laughs> it's taken about three months for me to come here. Yeah. 
I love you. Love you too. And I'm proud of you. Don't don't doubt yourself. Thanks, mate. You, he's a, he's a very talented man. This this Dan. I remember that. I think I can't remember what we were doing at drums, but I remember I remember what I can't remember. It was some some sort of exercise. I remember watching. And I was like, wow, he is a that's a talent. Thanks, mate. And his play was very brilliant, and he was. And you're very in tune with your body as well. Like you can dance, you can sing, you you got it. You're killing it, man. <laughs> industry, you, uh, if you're out there, industry, listen. She knows what she's talking. Heed about. my words. <laughs> Heed Ella's words. He hath the moves. He does have some moves. <laughs> he got he got some moves in it. I got some moves in it. Um, thank you. I love you. Love you too. Love you guys. I don't see your faces, but thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.